Lord Jesus. Talk about the pit to the palace. Amen? This is what our God does. And this is who our God is. And he is so good. He's so rich in kindness and mercy and goodness. And so, oh, man. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you for sharing that story. Whew, means the most. Well, uh, welcome to week two of a series we're calling Shipwreck. Uh, last week we talked about in life we'll go through some shipwrecks and sometimes it has nothing to do with us or the decisions and the choices that we make in life. Um, but somebody else's choices cause us to go through a hard time. That little baby girl is just smiling. She is just cheesing at me. I cannot take my eyes off her. Oh, my gosh, she's so cute. But we talked about how Paul went through some shipwrecks in his life and it had nothing to do with him. So this week, week two, we're going to talk about what happens when we go through a shipwreck in life, but it's a self-inflicted wound. Something we've done in life that caused us to hit a rough patch, to a shipwreck in our own life, in our own reality. And so today, first, I want to make sure that we understand always what the heart of the Father is. What Jesus' heart is towards humanity, what Jesus' heart is towards us, the people that are sitting in here today, what Jesus thinks about others, we need to know what the heart of the Father is always. And so um, I wrote this, and I just want to read it to you, okay? If ever we need reconciliation, it's now as a people. Americans spend billions of dollars trying to solve the plot of the powerless, perverting morals, oppressing truth at homes, uh, at home, our families are falling apart. Our prisons are overpacked. Schools have become war zones. Our theaters, our malls have become shooting galleries. And racism has reared its ugly head again. All the while, all the while, terrorists are beheading babies, tormenting the innocent, and toppling over countries. Many Americans are hoping that a new president will rescue us or a shift and political power will save us. But I want to provoke, I want to throw a question out to you today, pr propose a question to you. What if God's answer in the midst of moral decay and social darkness is that God is calling his people, Holy Spirit people, to emerge from the darkness and be his divine X factor in the earth right now? It has happened before. So why not here and why not now? We see this all through the Bible, the heart of the Father. Romans chapter 5, verse 15 through 19 says this, but there is a great difference between Adam's sin, Adam being the first man in the earth and the sin that he committed, but in, and difference between God's gracious gift. The sin of one man, Adam, brought death to many but even greater is God's wonderful grace, his gift of forgiveness to many through one man, Jesus Christ. I am not perfect. I am forgiven today. You are not perfect. 
you are forgiven today. That is grace, that is God's goodness, that is God's love on your life. Verse 16, and a result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads us to being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. I am guilty as you are. I am guilty as the most crazy person out there in our world. We all have sin. We all have junk. None of us are perfect. We're all full of horrible things in our life. But verse 17, for the sin of one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace that he gives of righteousness. I am not righteous because of who I am. I am righteous because of who Christ Jesus is. You are not righteous because of who you are and what you do. You are righteous because Christ Jesus makes you righteous today. It is a free gift to God. For all who receive him will triumph over sin that leads, that was sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Yes, Adam. Sorry. Yes, Adam's one sin brought condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brought right relationship with God for everyone. In verse 19, because of this one person's disobedience, many became sinner. But because of one person's obedience, many become righteous. Two things I need you to understand today. God's heart, number one, is always for reconciliation. God always desires for reconciliation. If it's a broken soul, a broken home, an addiction, a broken body, no matter, you could hear it in God's voice this morning when I brought up those three things that God wanted to take care of this morning. What was he doing? He was bringing reconciliation to our bodies, reconciliation to our souls, reconciliation to our mind. This is the heart of the Lord, to always heal and restore. So whatever we see broken in our world, whatever we see broken in somebody's life, we know God's heart is to heal and restore. Always. That's always the heart of the Father. Number two, the heart of the Father is for us to always triumph in life, to live from victory to victory, from life to life, from glory to glory. This is God's desire for us, to live in victory and to have victory, have the grace of God that overpowers sin and death. It is the grace of God that empowers me to live victoriously. Grace of God doesn't empower me to live in more sin. The grace of God empowers me to be victorious in life. So when I live victoriously, I don't live in my sin nature. The sin nature that always leads to death and separation of Christ Jesus, but I live in victory. So God desires two things always, reconciliation and grace. Always. Every day of your life, God wakes up. Now he's not waking up. We're waking up, okay? When we wake up, God is there and he's going, listen, I want reconciliation and I want grace to abound in your life. I want you to be brought to me. I want you to be close to me. This is why when we worship, we feel the presence of God. God's wooing us to his heart to go, listen, I'm with you. I'm for you. I got you. I love you. And I want to give you grace to empower you to live a victorious life. Why is Shannon who he is today? It is the grace of God on Shannon's life that is bringing him to victory to victory, life to life, grace to grace. 
by the way, man, Braden looks just like you when you were a little boy. And I love it. But you know what I love? Is that Braden will never experience a day that Shannon ever did. That little boy has a call in his life, and he will fulfill the call in his life. Why? Because God is a good God who reconciles what is broken, takes you from the pit to the palace. And then when you get to the palace, everybody that's with you lives in victory. Amen? This is the heart of a father. So we see the story in Jonah chapter 1 of a man who had some self-inflicted wounds that brought a shipwreck into his life. But what do we know? God's heart is always for what? Reconciliation and grace. So let's jump into the story. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 2, it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against them, because I have seen how wicked these people are. So we're dealing in Old Testament times. And this is how God would deal with things in Old Testament times. You got wicked people, so guess what? We're just going to wipe them out. I'm done with you. I'm done. I've, I've, I've given you all the grace that I've given you. And so he tells Jonah, get up, go to Nineveh, tell them that I'm going to wipe them out. Okay? Now, remember, what did we just talk about? It's kind of hard sometimes when you're reading the Bible. You're like, wait, wait, wait. I thought God was a God of reconciliation and grace. Right? And then all of a sudden we're reading Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 2, and God's going, nope, I'm done with all you. We're going to wipe you out. But what is the true heart of the Father? Reconciliation and grace. Amen? Right? Verse 3. But Jonah got up and went the opposite direction away from the Lord. Can I get an amen? I mean, anybody else done this? I mean, come on. All of us have. All of us have great stories of things that the Lord spoke to us, and we were like, yeah, I got my own plans. I'm good, God. I'll do what I want to do. Jonah goes in the other way. He went down to the port of Joppa, I believe, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket, got on board, hoping to escape the Lord. I love those words, hoping to escape the Lord. Listen, you can never escape the Lord, okay? He knows where you're at all the time. And he takes off to Tarshish. I remember a season in my life where my family, we were not living the victorious life financially in any way, shape, or form. And uh, the other day, I had to clean out my closet. Um, any of you have those problems in life where your kids go into your closet? Luke tore down, like, every single shirt in the closet, got every pair of socks out, shoes. I mean, it looked like Hurricane Katrina up in my closet, okay? It was just a hot mess, okay? So I'm cleaning the closet, and I have this box of old memories. Anybody else got something like that where you have this box, and it's just old pictures and memories? And so every time I get this box, I'm always like, oh, I got to look at the box. And I see a picture of Michael when he was a baby, and I got Michael's first hair from when he was got his first haircut. And somehow I got, I got teeth from our boys in this box and just, you know, all kinds of craziness in this box, okay? And so I'm digging through the box, and I get in the middle, and I remember there's this check in my box. And this check is from one of those, 
have you ever heard of those payday loan places? We're in this season, and we're not living the victorious life financially. And so I remember we had this wedding, and, and I, I, was the, I was the one performing the wedding, and I needed to get a suit, and I had no money for a suit. And so I decided I'm going to get a payday loan, and so I got a payday loan. And then it went from one payday loan to two payday loans to three payday loans to four payday loans where I was just, just over my head. And I remember the last... The last time that this happened, the very last time, I finally, it took a year, I finally got past it. I remember the Lord told me, don't ever throw away this check. I want this check to remind you of that season that was once that, but now you're living in victory in life with me. See, I was running from the Lord. I couldn't understand this tithing thing. I couldn't understand how in the world is less more. I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. See, I tithed when I was an intern, but it's easy to tithe $7, okay? It's a whole lot different when you're making real money. And I'm looking at my bills, and I'm looking at my family, and I'm looking at the cost of life, and I'm like, how in the world are we going to do this? How is less more? And it wasn't God. It was a self-inflicted wound. I was running from the Lord just like Jonah was running from the Lord. The Lord had a plan of victory for my life, but I was running from his plan. So the story goes on that Jonah gets on the boat, he's sailing away, God sends a storm, there's a massive storm, okay, verse 8, it says this, they, the crew members say this, why is this awful storm come upon us, they demanded, who are you, what line of work are you in, what country are you from, what nationality are you, Jonah replies and he answers, I am Hebrew, I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the seas and the lands, verse 10, the soldiers were terrified when they heard this. They found out who he was, and they said he was running away from the Lord. And this is what they, this is what they said to him. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? And really, what are they saying? Why would you put us into this position? As believers, what is our job? To glorify and reflect who Jesus is. So when I reflect the nature of God, when I glorify God in my life, what happens to everybody else around me? They see it, they connect with it, and then guess what? They get to live in victory. But when I'm running from the Lord, I'm not glorifying God, I'm not reflecting the nature of God, and guess what it does? It brings darkness and destruction to my life and everybody else around me. So in this season that we're in this financial problem, did God just send me more money? No. I wish. I mean, I just would have these wild thoughts I was driving that I would just look at my bank account and there would just be thousands of dollars in my bank account. No, what did God do? He sent me an example of who I was to become. And we'll call him Mr. M, okay? Now, Mr. M, okay, had gobs of money. Remember the, the, the cartoon DuckTales? With like, you know, the, the sea of like golden coins that they would swim through. DuckTales, woo, you know what I mean? Okay, if you didn't watch DuckTales, I'm sorry. Go watch it today. It's the greatest cartoon ever, okay? I love it, okay? Mr. McDuck had this like vault 
of golden coins that he had a diving board and he would swim through it. I remember jumping off my bed into pillows like I was Mr. McDuck swimming in gold, you know. Mr. M wasn't like well off. Mr. M had gobs of money, gobs of money. So you have me broke as a joke, running from God's plans, and you have Mr. M totally running after God's plans, living the blessed life. So what did Mr. M do for me? Mr. M taught me a few things. Mr. M taught me that tithing was a heart issue. And the reason I didn't tithe was because I really didn't trust God. That's why I didn't tithe. Because I didn't trust the Lord. I didn't trust that less was more. But the reality is less is always more in the kingdom of God. Always more. Mr. M, number two, showed me this, that the 10%, I wasn't giving the 10%. It was because I always thought like, oh, man, it's so hard to give this. And he was like, no, you are returning to God what is his. That is all you're doing. That's all you're doing. Number three thing Mr. M showed me, he would give bigger offerings than his tithe. That just exploded my mind. I couldn't even tithe let alone think about giving a dollar in an offering. What was God doing? He was showing me what I could be someday. He was showing me that if I connected to God's ways and did things his ways, that I could live in victory in life, just like Mr. M did. Jonah chapter 1, verse 12, Jonah says this to the, to the board, uh, to the sea member. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and the water will become the water will become calm again. I know this terrible storm is all my fault. Right? So when we have self-inflicted wounds, we go into what? The dark places. It's all my fault. I'm sorry. All, this is all because of me. And this is what God, this is what the enemy wants. He wants you to do what? Have self-hatred. He wants you to hate yourself and hate the decisions that you've caused in your life. Now, if I hate myself, then guess what? I can't receive God's goodness. If I hate myself and I hate the decisions of my life, I can never accept God's goodness because guess what? I'm never worthy. I'm never good enough. I'm never good enough for the goodness of God. Verse 17. This is my favorite part. And the Lord had arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah. <laughs> Come on. Thanks, God. A fish? A great fish to swallow me? And Jonah was inside a fish for three days and three nights. So I did some research on this, okay? Because what kind of fish could swallow Jonah? A whale. Okay, a whale is big enough to swallow Jonah, okay? Well, the problem is this. There are no whales in the Mediterranean Sea. This is not where whales live. Google it, I promise you, okay? Whales do not live in the Mediterranean Sea. So when they threw Jonah overboard, and a great whale, a great fish came, where did it come from? Okay, God's blessing came all the way from the Pacific Sea. Look at someone next to you and say, your blessing's on the way, okay? Your blessing is on the way. 
you're a blessing. Matt, team, you guys can come out right now. This is what the enemy does, okay? We make a mistake, okay? And when we make this mistake, we end up going, I hate myself. And once you hate yourself, you lose hope, you lose life, and you look at the future and go, how in the world could I ever, ever, ever be restored? Can I get amen? Anybody else been there before? I have. But I love the fact that God brings a whale all the way from the Pacific Ocean. God brings grace. And the best part about that is we're talking about God brings grace in the Old Testament, not even in the New Testament. What I was reading out of Romans today was the New Testament, the new covenant, the new law. This is the old covenant. So even in the old covenant, even in the old ways, what do we see? God's heart, reconciliation and grace. This is always God's heart. This is always God's plan. Jonah's in the whale for three days. I think chapter three, it's a, it's a prayer that Jonah has. Jonah starts repenting, starts worshiping the Lord, starts honoring him, telling him, yeah, Lord, I'll go your way. I'll do what you want. The whale spits him out. He goes to Nineveh. I heard somebody say this one time. He probably looked radioactive. Okay? Why would a whole country listen to this crazy man? Okay, They're wicked people. Well, he's been in the belly of a whale for three days. And the acids and the, oh, can you imagine what's happening in the belly of a whale? Your skin would probably be a little radioactive. And so he gets spit out and he says to a nation, he says to a country, listen, God's going to come and he's going to bring his wrath and he's going res- to destroy all of you. And the Bible says this, that they hear what he says and they take it to heart. And the king decides for everyone to fast, even the animals to fast and to repent. What what happens? God spares the country. Even in the Old Testament, we see God's plan. Reconciliation, grace. Reconciliation, grace. Reconciliation, grace. So what is God telling us today? There is nothing you can do that is self-inflicted that my grace and my goodness and my blessing and my favor cannot cover it up and bring you into the land of victory. There's nothing. There's no mistake. But the problem is this. We are so wrapped up in guilt and shame of our mistakes, of our past, of these self-inflicted wounds, of the embarrassment. That's a great word right there, embarrassment. I can just hear it from heaven right now. The Lord says embarrassment. There are so many of you today, you are living in embarrassment of self-inflicted wounds. And because of the embarrassment, it holds you as a prisoner that you cannot see yourself living in victory. I want you to stand this morning. Stand this morning. Close your eyes with me. And I want you to think if you've been.
shipwreck, if it was self-inflicted or if somebody else has put you into a shipwreck, I want you to think today. I want you just to take a moment with the Lord and I want you to dream. I want you to dream. I want you to see yourself living in victory. I want you to see yourself beyond the shipwreck. I want you to see yourself beyond the problem. I want you to see yourself beyond the situation. I want you to see yourself living the victorious life that Jesus has for you, for your family, for your kids, for your future. I don't want to embarrass anybody. If you're in here today and you go, I have some self-inflicted wounds. I have some self-inflicted shipwreck in my life. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. My hand is up. My hand is up. I have some self-inflicted wounds, some self-inflicted shipwrecks in my life. I was up late last night and God was just wants you to see if you'll put your faith and trust in him there are better days there's days that you won't live in a shipwreck anymore there's days that you will live in peace and joy and favor and blessing self-inflicted wounds. Father, we give you the embarrassment, the shame, the guilt. We release it to you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, just release it. Just speak it out. Whatever that self-inflicted wound was, just speak it out. Just say, Lord, I give it to you. I release it. I renounce that in my life. I renounce that pain in my life. I renounce that situation. You are not that man. You are not that woman. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Your future is not connected to your past. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I release grace. I release righteousness. I release a spirit of righteousness in this house. We are not righteous because of who we are, but we are righteous because of who you are. Not because of our good works, not because of our good decisions, but because of your goodness, because of what you accomplished on the cross. So I release a spirit of righteousness. I release grace in the name of Jesus. Grace, Father, I release mercy in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that your mercy would cover a multitude of sins. Your mercy would cover a multitude of failures and mistakes would come in and empower and strengthen and bless them in the name of Jesus. I release blessing. I release favor. I release increase in the name of Jesus. I declare in the name of Jesus where there's been no increase, where there's been no blessing, where there's been no favor, you will see blessing. 
So many of you have been tormented by the devil in your mind because of these mistakes. I just plead the blood of Jesus over your minds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 